more present than ever. <laughs> All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Tapcalf Transmissions, the only Star Wars podcast that is brave enough to talk about Young Jedi Knights, Jedi Bounty. I am today's host, Corey, and joining me, as always, is my effortlessly, effortlessly, effortlessly efficient co-host, Mr. Justin Eckhart's Ladder. How are you doing? That one wasn't great. Just because I can't pronounce... What the fuck? Just because I can't pronounce words doesn't mean it's not a good... Uh... Did you did you swallow a Lobakian furball there, bud? No, I'm just trying to fit in with how stuff gets written in the ebooks here, where the, just the typos ruin everything. <laughs> See, I'm tying it all back together. Speaking of typos, how about this name for the book, by the way? It's called... Um... Today we'll be talking about Jedi... What is it called again? It's called Young Jedi Knights, Jedi Bounty. Jedi uh, Bounty. I don't know no why. Jedi Bounty in this book. I don't know if it's because... No, I, no I'm no, i not... I can't defend this. There's no this. Jedi Bounty. There's none. There's some Jedi. There's a bounty, but this is the least present the bounty has been out of the last three books. And the bounty's not on the Jedi, so it's like... Not yet. I used to like, oh, are they going to put a bounty on Zek? Is that what Boba's doing with his talking with Nula'a? But, Jedi's uh, bounty would make more sense. Rescue at Ryloth would make more sense. Rescue at Ryloth, yeah. There we go. So... Got that beautiful alliteration. Last time, we talked about how the Diversity Alliance was trying Hold to on. poison everyone. Are we gonna not going to talk about other news before we start this? Is there other news? Is there anything else going on in the world we of Star Wars beyond? Come out. Well, is that well, more important than is that more important than Young Jedi Knights Jedi Bounty? More important, I can't say that, but I think it's worth it. I think it's worth a discuss because I, okay. I haven't actually picked your brain on this. So, for those who don't know, Star Wars Visions is an upcoming. I think they said September, or was it October? Anyway, later this year. Um anthology series which will have i think it's 10 animations to or it's 10 different short animes or animations um each by a different style there's a couple of uh production studios who are doubling up so i think there's eight studios in total uh it might be seven and nine i can't remember but um but yeah that's a that's a star trek thing seven and nine <laughs> i mean so is two of ten right like isn't it i assume there's everything of everything but uh, mm -hmm. I'm not familiar enough with Star Trek to. It's like the Borg, know. isn't it? Like it's yeah. Like this is the second. And Seven of the... Nine is the is the one who became good, I think. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I don't. I don't watch Star Trek. Well, then why are we doing a Star Trek podcast? Yeah, um, Hollow Table Transmissions isn't or Hollow Deck Transmissions. Terrible name in hindsight. <laughs> we can think. We can workshop it. We'll work. We'll we'll think about it. So yeah, there are nine nine episodes by seven studios, I think, because there's two that are doubling yeah. up. Yeah, Trigger and Science Star are doubling mm -hmm. up. Mm -hmm. So yeah, what are your thoughts on it? Like, did you watch the the trailer we got and whatnot? Yeah, I thought it all looked pretty cool. Uh, I know the big controversy has been whether it counts as canon or not. And no, they won't so be part of uh, the main canon, but like, it looks really cool. So who gives a fuck? Yeah, it's like there's two Sith Lords cutting apart a Star Destroyer, and it's like these fucking mouth-breathing fans, no offense, like, 
is this going to be canon or not? I think it's a fair question to ask. I just think being invested in the no, outcome of that question, is, that's where you kind of lose me. Well, I don't know. Like, I agree that the question is important, but it's like, so we get the details for Ronin today, which is the, the tie-in novel um, for the duel, I think it is. And the, the, the line, like, if you go to the StarWars.com page, um, the description is like, in a, it doesn't say, it, it basically says in an alternate universe in different words. And then it says for the description, it's like, the Jedi serve the Empire. And people are like, this can still fit into canon. <laughs> it's like, why does it matter? Like, and, and like, if it were one or two people, that'd be fine. But like, my problem with this it's is the like, only thing anyone cares about, it's seemingly. the only topic yeah. of discussion. It dominates it totally. And it's like, it's just awful. Yeah. Yeah, that's a bit annoying. Mm -hmm. Well, that and the questions of like, are the, are the, is the double star destroyer going to be put in Thrawn's Revenge? Like, no, it's not. Stop it. Wait, why not? Not canon. It's just a big canon. More canon than anything really has a right yeah, to be. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. I yes. I forgot about strict adherence to lore. Um, but yeah. Do you want to model it? I mean, take two star destroyers. It's not that simple. Put them side to side. It's not that simple. You got to model middle, a cannon you could too. Use... What? You got to model the middle thing. You got to uh, cut There's got to be lines. something that exists uh, that you could use for the middle thing. Not just going to kit bash uh, everything. You need to make yeah, it match the little, texture. You know how you've got the back of the Praetor? Like that thing on its, like the sleeping Yeah, bag but the, the texture is never going to match with that. You still need to redo that part. And you need to rebake the, the AO. You can rebake these fucking nuts. I knew you'd fucking just go there. The second you start losing a discussion or losing an argument, just bring out the, the juvenile humor, and I'm sick of it. I don't think it would be that much work. I've seen how quickly you you all pump things out. Now, would it be worth it? Hey, I'm not going to argue that, because the answer is probably no. <laughs> yeah, we can do everything. It's just we can't do everything at once. Mm -hmm. We can do any one individual thing, any one individual thing. But uh, you try to put that all together. I know a dedicated Corey Losers modeler could pump that out in three hours. A dedicated Corey Losers modeler. Corey Losers modeler. TR team modeler. Pump that out in three hours for sure, right? Yes. Okay. And it's here all now. Right. <laughs> and as you were doing it, as you started bitching at me, I actually got it done. Just to shut you up. Well, I basically <laughs> did that with instant action. Mm -hmm. that's how that started except that was actually a good idea yeah 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 it was bound to happen eventually all right let's talk about the actual book unless there's any more news and considering the fact that you were ready to just jump over the news section i don't think there is i'm just so excited to talk about this book this one was a bit of a letdown for me i think yeah it's kind of it's, it was okay i didn't dislike it but no. it it just felt like there wasn't much going on that really ended up mattering because like they go to rescue Lobaka. Uh last time Lobaka went to Ryloth, which is where the headquarters of the Diversity Alliance is. Uh the Diversity Alliance is like planning to unleash the plague. That's why they're looking for Raynar's dad. Uh but Raynar's dad doesn't really show up in this, so that plot doesn't really get forwarded at all. Hmm. It's just the young Jedi Knights go to get Lobaka from Ryloth and yeah. Lobaka's like, yeah, I was already kinda kinda out on this, but thanks for thanks for coming. Yeah. I enjoyed, and it's weird too because 
it seems like the the twins and Reinar and that like that's kind of the the least in Temecal, that's sort of the least interesting plot in this book because you know they're gonna get out like yeah the all they really do is go is, get captured again and then yeah, they get breaking is not that interesting it's basically what happens in crystal star again um well not the breakout but like the actual being captured and stuff like it's kind of like crystal star again it's not that yeah. interesting and like i much would have preferred if we spent more time with like lobaka kind of slowly learning like the shit's kind of whack and even like with zek i think could have used more time as well yeah Zek is coming out of his bounty hunter phase where he's starting to realize like, oh, being a bounty hunter is kind of not not like, what I want to do. He doesn't care if all of humans in the galaxy die. He doesn't know that, but he doesn't he doesn't give two thoughts about like the morality and I do. So probably not going to be a good bounty hunter. You mean Island Val? Yeah, right. Island Val. But, right. Yeah, it's an easy mistake to make because the book does repeatedly call her Boba Fett. <laughs> and it's not until a retcon 12 years later where... <laughs> Yeah. But anyways, there's uh, really the only thing that actually happens with the twins and that group is Jaina gets more opportunities to be annoyed by Raynar because he is, in fact, a useless person. And yeah, he gets paired off with her later on, too, which is kind of funny because it's like it's like uh, Jason and um, I almost said Tahiri. Um, Jason and Tenel Ka are like together and they're like forced to freaking snuggle together for warmth <laughs> and it's uh jaina just like hating her life in the sun <laughs> yeah so we get further development of the Raynar and lusa uh romance that's budding when Raynar is being naked many times sorry yeah and then uh jason and tenelka get to cuddle a little before they mm -hmm. find a disheveled old twi'lek who ruins mm. it for them here take some animal hide and eat some of this gel meat <laughs> I don't know if we should trust this guy. Just got like a maniacal grin <laughs> on his face, just like, like nodding his head, like yeah. Well, we do find out that uh, the Diversity Alliance and Nola specifically kind of took over Ryloth through unconventional means, mm -hmm. and is like diverting a lot of the money towards this uh, from their very savory real core mining towards uh, the Diversity Alliance. So that's how they're paying for a lot of stuff. Yeah, that stuff is actually kind of interesting too. seeing like how the diversity lines actually worked. I mean, it does kind of just like with the uh, second Imperium, it does kind of like strain credibility a little bit that like this one faction of like kind of poor Twi'leks could could grow this large and threat threaten the galaxy. But I mean, that's just kind of like what the stories are like. Yeah. Um, in the series. But so one of the things that was weird to me about this is like, it's so important that Ornenthal tell people about the virus and what's going on and also the information that Tachum found out about like how the Diversity Alliance deals with defectors and mm. it's supposed to be this big thing it's like oh once their once their followers find out about this that'll be that'll be it for them but then Luce is like oh yeah they they my buddy got eaten in front of me we all like, know yeah, that there's a Ocean who's like kind of a dick like he's trying to kill every Wookiee that we've brought so like <laughs> yeah like the, not a huge surprise. The yeah, the, they eat the ones that ran away, the Taos, and they seem to want to eat between the Taos and uh is he a Shistavanin or is he one of the shadow things? The Wolfman? Yeah, is he a Shistavanin? Like her, yeah, he's yeah, a okay. At least yeah, I think they call him a Wolfman. So yeah, he's uh they're both just they just want to eat everything 
And yeah. we find out like, yeah, everyone kind of fucking knows that. And it's not a huge secret. Maybe not yeah. like outside of the organization inner, directly, inner but sanctum on. Yeah. Because we are just seeing the the kind of inner circle on Ryloth as well. Well, but I don't know when that Bothan goes after not. when the Bothan goes after Lusa. He's like, I need everyone to know you were murdered by me, the Diversity Alliance hired assassin. It's like, <laughs> yeah. So everyone knows what happens if you cross us. Like this is how is this really helping you? This is really undermining the image you want to project to the galaxy. Yeah, and I mean. They're also getting, I mean, they're a bit heavy handed, too, with the fact that, like, they're blaming. Uh, I don't know how, how I felt about the sort of um, real world kind of implications of some of the things in this book. Like, yeah, part of part of me was like, I, I don't think it's meant this way, but it can be like, oh, you're blaming white people for. Did you get any of that? You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, like the point that was trying to be made by this book is, or by this plot line as a whole is like not great. Like, yeah, because it's like, it, and this is going to sound racist, but it's not. It's like whenever people tell like minority groups, just like, don't be poor. Like it's ignoring the fact that, you know, they've been fucked over for generations and whatever else. It's like, don't be poor. Because in this, like Chewbacca is thinking like, hey, like Wookiees, you know, we we did we did whatever, like, we're strong, like, we can handle it, we don't need to blame other people, and, like, it's true that, you know, having a diversity alliance, which is trying to kill all other species in the, ga or all humans in the galaxy is probably not epic, but, like, on the other hand, it's, it's also not, like, humans didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> it's not even, like, it's it still, it sets it up as if the point of these groups is, like, retribution for the oppressor group, rather than mm -hmm something needs to be done about the situation that the oppressed groups are in. And that involves having to acknowledge what's gone wrong in the past and address, actually address the issues rather than just say, Oh, but we're not the empire anymore. So everything's fine. Yeah. yeah. And it's kind of stupid to set up like the only group that is really trying to do anything about that is like, they have to jump straight to actually, we're trying to kill all humans. Yeah. But then it removes like any ability to discuss like, Oh, what if they actually have a point? Because it's just like, oh, the, the end goal here is just going to be to shut them down because they're trying to kill everyone and then act like, ah, oh, but we're not the Empire, so everything's fine. Yeah, it's almost like a bit of a straw man in a way, I guess. Um, in, in that sense, where it's like you're setting up the one person who's bringing this issue up as like the fanatical xenophobe. <laughs> yeah. Or human, human humanophobe, I don't know. Yeah, like it. I don't know. Just like I, I, I've seen, I've seen these Twitter arguments before. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like parts of I was reading parts. I was like, eh. literally every comment on the prior videos, like, ah, oh, I know these groups from real life. Like, no, you fucking don't. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you know, like the this is basically diversity alliance as described by Ben Shapiro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like. When somebody asked to hire one black person in your organization, it's like <laughs> oh, crazy. But I don't know. It's I guess part of it is like it's a kid's book. So like maybe it's not the right avenue, but it's also if given that effect that it is a kid's book, you'd think you could kind of handle it a bit better because this is something important. You can teach kids, especially like through Star Wars, where it's a bit, I guess, easier for them to get interested in stuff. Mm hmm. I mean, they, they've always had by writing this, you are essentially trying to 
send some sort of message. What is the message you're trying to send? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. what was the purpose that prompted you to write this as the books? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's like, I don't know, even if even if you don't go too far into it, it's like at this point, there's been like no discussion even from like Jason and Jaina that like, yeah, humans like the aliens, you know, the way they're going about it is wrong, but they do have a reason to be kind of tired of like human shit in the galaxy you know what i mean it's like obviously what they're doing is wrong and like way wrong but it's still like you got to kind of understand why the average like alien on like mon calamari or whatever is um you know finding you know the idea of standing up against oppression kind of nice if that makes sense yeah like Clearly, the people who are joining it aren't like in on the eradication of humans or the eating defectors. They yeah. don't know about that until Bothan assassin gets off his hit on the centaur girl on the jungle moon. Then everyone will know what they're really about. And apparently that's what they want. But mm -hmm. it. Yeah. 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 Interesting, though. Um what else would you like to have seen from this book? Or what parts did you like, I guess? Because, I mean, it's it's still got, you know, the hallmarks of the Young Jedi Knights books. We got the they're camping at the beginning for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Like, like... And they just slice down that creature. You'd think Jason would want to get like yeah. a huge life-sized pen for him. Yeah, that was a bit weird. So at the, at the very beginning, the whole crew is out camping, kind of worrying about Lobaka. Um and they get attacked by a, basically like a small tiger or something. And they just like chop into three bits. Like, I expected Jason to give at least a single shit about that, but yeah. he's pretty much good with it. Yeah, we're already jumping forward to Legacy of the Force, Chase. <laughs> one thing that I would have really liked, actually, and this is one of the notes I had. So there's a section where Kennelkaw is being kind of beaten up by the, uh, the Shistavanian Wolfman. And I thought it would have been really interesting for Jason to beat her up or choke him oh. or something. No, I don't. I don't think. Uh, I think that kind of undercuts how he does become a Sith Lord if he starts like just force choking people that early. Yeah, but I mean, he's seeing like his maybe not a force choke, but something. He's seeing like his girlfriend get like the crap smacked out of him. They're in like a desperate situation. Um, I don't know. I would but, like to see something, I guess. And the then thing he can that, deal with it in the next books. Well, the thing that just makes me more interested in, like, Jason's dark side dealings than Jaina's is that Jaina would be the one who does that, or Zach. Mm. And we already kind of had that. And mm. with Jason, yeah, exactly. it's like he's so empathetic when he's growing up. Like, he mm. would never think of doing that at that point. But then he gets into this, like, the broader implications of what he's doing, he applies it too much in the Yuzon Vong war of like, he's unwilling to fight the Vong at all, despite what they're doing because yeah, he doesn't want to do that to living things. And he thinks like, Oh, it's all part of the force. I can't do that. But then he gets like through Vergier, such a bird's eye view. He becomes disconnected from the <laughs> individual. <eye> <laughs> yeah. And that's how it turns into him being like, Oh, now I must make people suffer to prevent the greater suffering and like just loses the plot. But yeah, I don't think he can start off with that kind of thing or else that's too, but that's I too mean, Anakin or Jaina. I don't know because Jason, like his turn to the dark side is partially because he's worried about his daughter. 
yeah but that's kind of that's the that's the end point and like he still has those connections when he's looking at his like mm. detached yeah, I, I suppose I, I see where you're coming from because i think if you try to throw in like you can see points of like it makes sense where he's coming from like where he ends up from stuff that happens in here and especially during like the early parts of the use on Vongor. And like, I think we get enough hints that like, this is how someone like him could become what he became with mm-hmm. as Darth Cadis later on without having it be so explicitly, uh, using dark side force powers that early, which I think works for Jaina. Like if it's Jaina, yeah. I think she'd absolutely do it because with her, it's more the in the moment, passion and anger whereas jason has a very different path to the dark side yeah i guess i guess my issue is like these kids have are all powerful really basically for their age you know they they're always in traps but they they always have the force to rely on but we haven't really seen this temptation yet we haven't seen any of them kind of like learn this lesson which is kind of a crucial lesson in star wars um that is one thing i think is kind of missing from the series so whether it's you might be right that Jaina would be a better option. Um, but I don't know. At one point, kind of, I'm waiting for it to happen. Because we, 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 we do see it with Zek a little bit. But he's not the same character that the main ones are. Um, yeah. Yeah, like, I, I can understand, like, him just trying to fight the person. But I don't think Dark Side powers would be his jam just yet. Not until Dark Dark Nest, when, like, there's no such thing as Dark Side powers. There's only... Powers Luke can use and look temporarily like Emperor Palpatine, and that's not a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just like at one point, you know, even a good person, you push them far enough, they're gonna lash out. Especially yeah. when they're they're like these fully powerful, you know, kids, and they haven't got that much training yet. Like they've gotten some, but like, yeah, I don't know. It's it's interesting. Yeah, like I'm reading. Uh, Darkness now at the same time as reading these because I've just finished NJO and I forgot the Darkness books were all like 600 pages each. It's a lot. Yeah, they're long. But uh, it is interesting seeing like all of these characters simultaneously in both time periods, including Raynar, mm-hmm. as Raynar plays a big role, a bug role in Swarm War as well. Yeah, he gets bug faced. Well, it's a lot more faced, powerful. But... Like the whole bug thing really worked out for him compared to where he was. Mm-hmm. in Young Jedi Knights. No, I agree. Um, he, yeah, he's an interesting character. We talked about this bit last time, but he's pretty relevant until Fate of the Jedi, really. So he's yeah. uh, he's in a coma for, or something for a while. I think, from what I remember, he's kind of out of, this, out of the spotlight for Legacy of the Force because I think he's in, like, Force Jail or whatever. Yeah, a lot of the joiners end up in, like, uh, in supervised the custody for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I always forget he's alive. Like, mm-hmm. he's just there. Yep. Just chilling. Like a villain. But for a while. One of the things that I do like about this book that has been pretty consistent through all of them is that we do get a decent sense of, like, the characters and the relationships between all the uh, mm-hmm. all the young Jedi Knights, although that has gotten, like, hornier and hornier as they go along. It's, it has, hasn't it? Especially like you get the half naked horse lady running around, you get Jason looking for any excuse to like touch Tenelka. <laughs> yeah. It's, I don't know. It's 
it's realistic though like you know for kids it's 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 been it's been 10 books or whatever it's it's appropriate i think um well there was like a good chunk like the first 10 percent of the book was just Raynar and lusa like Raynar feeling weird and getting touched by lusa then jane is giving him a giving him a wink conspiratorial wink yeah (laughs) yeah my favorite part of this book though was at the end and did you did you do the audiobook for this or were you doing the ebook? No, I I did the audiobook for like half and then I read the rest. Okay. So my favorite part is when they do the the preview chapter for the next one. Mm-hmm. And the next one's called The Emperor's Plague. Uh mm-hmm. but it because of however this got transcribed, it does the thing where it like alternates the text that's like mm-hmm. sarcastic text on the internet. So I was just picturing Emperor's Plague with like the SpongeBob meme. <laughs> just like squat like the emperor's playing <laughs> uh, can't even kill a whole planet last five <laughs> minutes and they die yeah it's it's not a very good effective strategy there's so many rescue attempts that end up just doing the same thing like luke comes at the same time that sec come or luke comes at the same time that like loey comes to save them and they end mm. up flying out together loey yeah. already realized he needed to leave and probably would have been able to leave on his own more quietly without them being there. But I guess they did expose that Rava yeah. was lying. Or was yeah, willing to lie. the New Republic also knows kind of how shady this shit all is. Yeah, but at that point, Luke would have already knew or he would have been told. Mm-hmm. And then they they were kind of everything that was going on here had a bunch of ways it could have happened and did happen simultaneously. So. And I think uh, the next book is the conclusion of this arc, isn't it? Because it's I think it's called the, the Emperor's Plague, right? The next one. Yeah. Um, so I think they're, there they'll go destroy arcs? it. I, th- I think it's two arcs, and I think some of the last ones are standalones, but I can't remember. Okay. This, um, this is number 10. I think we've got four left, right? Yeah. Uh, Trouble at Cloud City, Crisis at the Crystal Reef. Mm-hmm. I always get those conflated. Mm-hmm. I always think it's Crisis at Cloud City because I like the alliteration. There's Return to Ord Mantel as well. Uh, and what's the other Wait, one? When were they at Ord Mantel? How uh, they were at Ord Mantel. Forget what, I think it was the one before. Uh, which one was it? Was it on Shards of Alderaan? I can't remember. Remember they went to Mechas? I can't remember Ord Mantel. Yeah, we got Emperor's Flag, Return to Ord Mantel. Oh, are they going to see uh, Nugtosh out of Ord Mantel? He's on Malastare, isn't he? Oh yeah, shit. He's on Malastare. Come on, right? man. Just like Fuck get it together. Fucking embarrassed. So, do we think they pull Rabba out? Is Rabba going to be? Uh, yeah, out but and I find think out she's she going to disappear. I think yeah. she's going to have to kind of. I think she'll need to go on sabbatical for a bit. She need to find herself. Maybe return to Kashyyyk and um, make some amends. Uh, yeah, there's really not... Yeah, it was a pretty... This book needed a bit more. It's probably one of my least favorites because it's kind of... It's the story we've had with Jason and Jaina before. Um, We spend too much time focused on them. We don't get enough kind of hanging out before. Like, we don't... Like, even a little adventure beforehand would have helped. 
Yeah. Um, like we like get some previous... development for Lusa with like Raynar getting mauled. Uh, where she's kind of coming out of her programming from the Diversity Alliance, and mm-hmm. Zek kind of compares it to the Shadow Academy, uh, so they kind of come together. But there's very little time for them where they have like one page together where they're like, "I don't trust you, I don't trust you," and Luke's like, "I think if we look inside ourselves, we'll see we can trust each other." And like, sorry, and then they fly off to save them. Yeah, that was. He's like, you know, you guys can use the Force to tell if someone's lying, right? And they're like, dope. And then... <laughs> well, we did have uh, a major character death here with the Shistavanan who falls into the lava. So he's dead now. Mm. Avrok's dead. He's not coming back. Yeah. Now Krosk is going to come up and he's going to be the, the new big bad in town, I think. Yeah, because he, he survives. He has the rocks fall on him and he survives. I think, so. well, the best scene in this book, I think we, we shouldn't skip over it, is when they're all in the office. They've made their way to Ryloth. They get captured. Uh, their lightsabers are taken away, and they're standing there with Nola and the Shistavanan and Krosk and stuff. And Jason decides that the best use of the Force in this in this moment is to pull all the buttons off of the Shistavanan's <laughs> uniform. So he's like scrambling around on the ground trying to pick them up because he's very into his outfit. Uh, well, the rest of the shit goes down. There was a moment I was like wondering, like, is Nola Tarkona about to get snoked here? It's like Jason's turning on the lightsaber and spinning it. I'm just like, you will strike down your true enemy. And he but kills no, himself. He just, he just he just spins it in circles. It's like this this is gonna be wizard. Yeah. I thought you were gonna say the scene where um Jaina kicks this just the Vadian Wolfman in the snout and like breaks his nose. Yeah. <laughs> or sorry, not Jaina, Tenelka. Because she's he's like insulting her for having one arm, which like kind of low. She's just a kid. It's like it reminded me of um, have you ever seen the Wedding Singer? Mm-hmm. They're like you dumb orphan. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Like, uh, look at the sad orphan. It's like look at the sad girl with one arm, and then she, she just like kicks him straight in his face. It's like fuck off, get out of here. <laughs> oh, that was nice. Yeah. That was so what armed sure. girl is still more useful than a complacent wolf man? <laughs> mm-hmm. That is the old maxim, isn't it? Yeah, the old hapen saying. <laughs> I do find it funny too how Tachum shows up and like the first thing she does is like, really wish she'd let me get you a new arm. He's just like, this is awful. Yeah, that comes up like every time Tachum's in the room. I think forever now. I'm just waiting for her to get brain zapped. That doesn't happen for a long time. Is that that's in that's Legacy of the Force? Legacy, yeah. Like her and a soldier. Yeah, I'm, from what I remember though, I think she's way, way before Isolder, because I'm pretty sure does Jason do it on the down low? I can't remember, but yeah. Yeah, Isolder is by the time he's like out in the open. I think Isolder's in like the last book, maybe, because it's like when Jason's on the run, he like capitates a soldier. Yeah. His true uh, father. Or to him. Mm. That way he has long blonde hair all this time. Yeah. So, a soldier's not that good looking, is he? He's kind of weird. Nah, he's pretty hot. He stated as being hot, but like the pictures of him, he looks kind of weird. I don't know. I mean, I'm just Googling. Okay, I Googled a soldier, and the one from like the Essential Guide to Characters is not good. But like, if you look up like courtship of princess leia like the cover 
Uh, isn't there one with him on? Oh yeah, on the back. Yeah. He's on the back cover. He's... Yeah, he looks pretty hot. Eh. He kind of looks like a uh, what's what's the name of the guy with the really long hair again? Fabio. Um, yeah, he kind of looks like a bit of a Fabio. That's kind of how I imagined him. He has like in all the other pictures, he has a very muscly face, and it's kind of weird. Is uh, I mean, is the no... Tatum zapping in Dark Nest? Oh, I didn't think so. That feels too early, but it could be. Huh. But doesn't Jason do it? He's not really. He does, but like Troy Denning already knew what direction he was going with that, and like that was, I think, around the time that they had the competition or the fan vote to name Jason, like give him his Sith name. Hmm. It might have been um, because it was after she tries to kidnap Alana. So it might yeah. have been. Yeah, I can't that... remember, though. It makes sense. I'm just too know. busy thinking about it, how sexy a soldier is, to be honest. Hmm. It's I mean, like, listen, you, you got to you, you got to be thoughtful because it's like when they're making Star Wars book covers, it's like they can use they got like six images of the original trilogy cast to use and then like stock images of random men so it's like <laughs> it's like every like even into like fa like the fate of the jedi series it's like this they use the same pictures of like mark hamill and like the, the whole cast it's like there's, there's like near 60 or 70 now and it's like how do we make mark hamill look older uh photoshop him with longer hair that'll do it well there, there's like the slick back hair slick back like hair this, i kind of like slick, the slick back hair look not to be slick honest. back hair that's it's gross, but a pimp named Slickback. Mm, never mind. Um, but yeah, I, I like the Slickback hair. That was like the Luke Skywalker looked like he was about to go like, like, go play twenty minutes and score a couple goals for the Penguins or something. <laughs> so, I really thought when Raynar was getting injured. That was going to be a way to keep him out of this book. Me too. Yeah. It's like, oh, we're just getting him out of the way early. <laughs> but... That's exactly what I thought. It's like, okay, Raynor's injured. They can leave him behind without looking like total dicks. But no. Like, yeah. no, he's, and was like, he's a total liability. Yeah, he does. He's not allowed to use a lightsaber yet. So yeah. what use to see? He doesn't, he doesn't get anything useful done in this book. In the other books, he's contributed in some ways. But... Also, I, I might have read this wrong, but I totally thought that uh, Lusa was coming. And then she's like, I'm not coming. I don't know. I think I misread that part. No, I, well, she was trying to convince Raynar to stay behind with her. But mm, I can go hang out with my friends with a broken leg or snuggle with my topless horse GF. Well, especially when she's going to be hunted down by an assassin. Luke's not there yet. I don't think like, he's he was... not. Because he always like has better things to do. The will watch the kids. <laughs> yeah, Tion's not going to be there either. So, like, who's oh, actually Tion there? So funny. The reason why she leaves. <laughs> I don't even remember exactly what it was, but it's like there's this something involving a musical instrument she's got to go do. No, do so that? there's a. Uh, so her mission is there's a group of Bith that got mentioned in the first book with the Diversity Alliance that are like Bith musicians that are going to go around and do propaganda in their music for the diversity alliance oh, yeah right and tion as a musician who's not like like she's a, a minstrel basically and mm -hmm. she's not fully human so she's gonna go join this traveling band of bith musicians and infiltrate them which is it's even like, better 
it's really not credible for her to do for her to be leaving to do anything else. It's like <laughs> there's no other way that people will believe that she had to go on a mission unless we can somehow involve music. But who does that leave to watch the kids? Who's there? No one. Greed, maybe. Who? Is his name Screed, the old guy? No, no, Streen. Streen, yeah. Screed is the is the one-eyed Imperial warlord. Yes. No, I'm in I'm in Streen. I'll watch the kids for you, Luke. (laughs) I like that works for Streen as well. Yeah, I guess. Um But I'm pretty sure okay, for one, wouldn't they hate like isn't Tion pretty much human though? Like she's mostly human. Pass is human. But um I don't know. Like, I just, I, I'm pretty sure Scree, Streen takes over in Thrawn duology, maybe when Luke goes away. Yeah. Or maybe it's even, it might be, I'm not sure what book it is. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out because it's coming up. It, it might even be Black Fleet Crisis. I'm not sure, but. Like, there's not many people there, and like, Raynar is concerned about someone coming for Lusa as well. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> So just to be fair, though, this is during the peace like they're at peace now with the Empire. So maybe he's less worried than he would otherwise. Well, they knew the the that people would be coming for it, didn't they? That assassins. I don't know. Because that was the information from Tenel Ka or from Tachum. And that was before they left. Mm -hmm. So they were informed that assassins would be going for defectors. Luce is a defector. And Luke's not there. Math is hard. So, why? Was, yeah, and oh Luke's like, he's like, Luke, why'd you leave? He's like, I'm not going to get into it. <laughs> it's like, maybe you should. Like, I'm paying tuition to send my kids here. It's like, there's supposed to be a pool. There's supposed to be swimming lessons. I haven't seen it. Where's the football team, Luke? Do you accept? You're charging five grand to tuition. What? Do you accept author interviews as canon? Yeah. He's going to meet up with Mara. Really? That's what he says? That's what Kevin J. Anderson always jokes about, and I th- I don't think he's joking. Whatever. Yeah. That's his big okay. mission. Okay. That's fine. Did he go, go bust a nut and leave the children all alone? It's like, Mara couldn't come visit? Like... Whatever. He's probably taking her to that asteroid he uh, took Callista to. Hmm. Not good. No. No, it's not. Didn't that get eaten? I, or I, I think I'm just thinking dumping. of Crusade. They, they just leave. I'm pretty sure because yeah. it's like, yeah, we're not, we're not getting anything done here. All right. Speaking of not getting anything done here, is there anything else you want to talk about in the book? No, not really. Uh, this is, I still enjoy this one. Like I always enjoy reading these, but definitely bottom tier for me. I think. Yeah. For for not for all Star Wars books, just for these. Yeah. And like. We've probably spent almost as much time talking about it now as I spent reading it, so it's mm-hmm. really per per page. It's still still half an hour of discussion for ninety minutes of reading. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, I'm gonna I've got a review to read because oh so okay. a, a while ago we said that um, I think it was crab that I wanted people to work into a review. This one does so. Does it do so well? It's not for me to say. Uh, it's from uh, C. Mober, who says whose title is a great comfort. And he says, as I crab across the field, this is a great comfort and distraction from the pain from carrying my tenor drums. Hmm. So, if we accept crab as a synonym for scuttle, sure. Yeah, right, we appreciate the effort. Yeah, that was great. 
Um, <laughs> I'm just going to check to see if there's any more, but I think that's pretty much it. All right. I mean, yeah. Do you want to read a couple? As I look, do you want to read a couple of questions? Do we have any? Uh, we do have quite a few emails here because we didn't cover any last week with, uh, right. with Alex. Uh, did we answer this one the last time from Christopher, who asked, the dark side, the, throughout the EU, views on the role of the dark side tended to flip-flop with each new edition. Some authors like to portray the dark side as a necessary half of the force that needed to coexist in balance with the light. Others like to portray it as an abominable evil that needed to be destroyed, the force only being in balance when there's only light. In your opinion, how do you regard the role of the dark side in the force? Um... I don't think it's needed to exist. I don't think it needs to exist. Like, I don't think that, um, like, so there are some people who've argued balance of the force is equal for both, and I don't agree. I think balance of the force is, you know, probably not that, but I do think that it, the dark side always will exist. Like, that's kind of the whole thing in um, that section in the Revenge of the Sith novelization where it's like the darkness is like kind of the the base state before you have, like, you know, the light pushing it away. So, yeah, state I don't think nature. it needs to. Sorry? It's the Hobbesian state of nature. Yeah, exactly. I don't, like, I don't think it needs to exist, but it probably probably always will. Yeah, like, the Force is generally portrayed as something that has a will of its own, and the will of the Force is typically in some way uh, the advantage of life, because life is the Force. So, the... If you think about it that way, if you think about that as being like uh, life being the force, therefore the light side of the force is kind of like inherently what it's doing, and the Jedi as the servants of the light side are essentially just serving the will of the force, and that's kind of like what Obi-Wan gets portrayed as, as being the most powerful Jedi, is that he gives himself over entirely to the force, whereas what the dark mm -hmm. side is usually doing is trying to kind of bend the force use it for their own personal purposes. So if you think of that as the light and dark side of the force, then uh, there being no like dark siders would still be balanced because it's the force doing what the force wants without being drawn to other people's desires. And that's kind of how some of the unifying force stuff gets pre presented as being like a bad thing where uh, it's back to being more of a tool uh, in where the Jedi start kind of losing their way again later on, but yeah, yeah, oh, I agree. That's that's a great uh, analysis, I think. And the Star Wars universe does end up being um, like somewhat self determined with like the Force in that way. So mm -hmm. yeah, you it's kind of easy to to write off a lot of what happens to the Force's will. Uh, before we go to the next question, I do have a couple more reviews to read. Um, We've got one from Not Not Nico who says, For a couple of scruffy nerf herders, these boys do a grand job. Not only do Corey and Justin discuss Star Wars books, they also delve into the greasy underbelly and tough questions of the universe. Was Leia a crappy mother? What are sexy Salonians? Why is it so easy to sneak up on Luke, a Jedi Grandmaster, and knock him out? I recommend listening for guaranteed fun with guests, thought-provoking takes, and sexy... And, sorry. Random references to the mysterious sexy Charlie. So that was from Not Not Nico. Thank you very much. Then we also had one more from uh, Jay Raston, who says, As fun as a Wookiee is hairy, like many others, I have been disappointed by the fact that for a long time, there were no podcasts focusing on Star Wars. Finally, this product, uh, this problem has been remedied with Tapcaf transmissions. 
the first and only Star Wars podcast on the market. These hosts do a great job running through Star Wars Legends with occasional dips into Disney continuity and Canadian life. That's another uh, appreciation of Canadiana there. Listening to them helped make the Cluster Trilogy slightly more bearable, and that's no small feat. So thank you very much to Jay Rastin and Not Not Nico. Guys, please leave reviews. Five-star reviews for the podcast it really helps out, and I will read them out. Let's they make us so happy it makes Regina look like Saskatoon. I don't even know if that's good or bad. <laughs> uh, I do, before we get to the next question, I do want to address uh, a comment from chat here from Dark Lord Revenue says, if life's the light side of the force, then dark side must be death. Therefore, death, dark side is a necessary part of the universe. That's not quite the analogy I was making there. Uh, it's not like life versus death. It's the will of the force versus bending the force towards your will. So mm-hmm. often that does mean dark siders use it as a tool to kill people, but it's not the death part itself that's the problem there because death is part of life in the force. Like I'm including that and in kind of the light side, which is uh, why for the Jedi, a lot of the time, like dying in and of itself is not necessarily a problem. Uh, mm-hmm. Like you become one with the force in the conception of how the force works in Star Wars and how life and death works in Star Wars. Yep. Uh, and that's why Luke hates droids. They're not part of the Force. Some problematic views coming from that one, but uh, hateful even. He is. Uh, our next question comes from Wyatt, who says, "Hope y'all are having a wonderful day." My question relates to the strategic minds in Star Wars, specifically. Where would you put Revan on this list? We know from the lore that he was great. He was a great general and strategist during the Mandalorian Wars, but I don't know the specifics. The older public novels are what really brought me into Star Wars last year, and I've been in love with them ever since. Can't wait for you guys to cover the series. What do you think? So he's Revan asking as a where he ranks, like among all time, yeah. like strategists. He's up there. I mean, it's like him and Malik. What they do is pretty crazy. Like I, I'm pretty low on information. I just kind of remember them kind of going out and causing like the the Jedi, or they basically win the Mandalorian Wars kind of on their own, right? Then he does the Jedi Civil War. Um, but I mean. It's hard to say. It's it's always hard to compare because, like, for me, I think of, like, when I think of a great strategist, I think of, like, Jason. Like, a great forest strategist, Jason, because he's got that kind of, like, battle meditation, like, the next level battle meditation yeah. where he can, like, see the flows not only in battle, but, like, throughout the whole war. I don't think that um, Revan has ever said to have any sort of battle meditation or anything like that. Yeah, um, like, Bastla was mm-hmm. more known for that. Mm-hmm. I think with yeah. Revan, it's usually less his like tactical mind that gets praised compared to just his charisma as a leader and an individual, like making people follow him, uh, whether it's good or bad for them. Mm-hmm. And because, uh, like, from what I remember, a lot of the battles he's in, he just kind of like throws people at the problem. Uh, but the people are super willing to follow him into the problem, so. Like, I yeah. don't think he's a terrible strategist, but I don't think he's, like, quite at the top tier level, and it's more his ability as a leader. That's the whole thing with, like, the Jedi Civil War, right? Because he brings so many Jedi with him, like, because he was such a hero. Yeah. That, that is the name of the conflict, right? The Jedi Civil War? Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's hard to say. Like, I'll, we'll probably have better opinions once we reread those books, yeah. eventually. I don't think I've ever read all of them, so. No, I definitely haven't. Um... Oh, speaking of, we should mention, we're doing Shatterpoint next week. That is correct. Nah, yeah, yeah, next week. Unless something else is coming out. I don't think there is anything. 
but no, I don't think so. We'll definitely do a Bad Batch episode once the season's over because we did mm. kind of stop the individual episodes for, uh, yeah, yeah. Um. Well, our next well, email, we wouldn't, have, we wouldn't have done a like if Clone Wars were on, except for maybe the last season, we wouldn't have done a weekly episode for that. It's not like the Mandalorian where there's eight episodes a season. Yeah, and especially Stuff just trying batch to is bad. I really have, like the Bad Batch. Yeah. Especially when we occasionally are like, you do a review for every episode, I think, and I do for some mm -hmm. when I feel yeah. like I have something to say. But yep. Uh, next email comes from Jack, who says, I've been reading the New Jedi Order and occasionally dialogue and lines just take me out of the book. The one line from Mary Jade where she says to Luke, oh, husband mine just throws me off. I was wondering <laughs> what lines you guys have that throw you off or make you laugh that aren't intentional. Yeah, Mara, Mara has some of that, I find. Like, when her and Luke get together, like... She gets very she saccharine, a bit of her very punk. quickly. Yeah. For me, like, the thing that takes me out more than any really silly lines, because there's not really any that I come that come to mind, except when you have, like, the certain Timothy Zahn lines, like, sardonically or warbled or whatever. Um, the thing that more takes me out is when we get weird references to like things in the real world um like yeah. i think there was like a star wars book that used like machiavellian which is just like yeah. really weird um my friend kevin uh you know kevin cory um messaged me the other day about something i'm trying to remember what it was in i was just trying to find it, it was some oh draconian like they use draconian in the bad batch um and I believe that's based on Draco's laws. So it's like things like that take me more out. But like my explanation for that is I think it's just like Star Wars is this is just the retelling of the story meant to be understood by us. So, yeah. And like see you in hell from Han Solo and Empire yeah. War all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Or or even in the movie. Yeah, that was that was one of my first videos. Why does he say that? But yeah. Um George Lucas is from Earth. Yeah, that's like in the the like, have a funny a kind of funny explanation for that in the Halo universe, where like when you're reading the terminals in Halo Three, they call like the big forerunner uh, defense against the flood the Maginot Line, like the Maginot Line in real life. And there's even like an explanation in the game. It's like we're using terms that you'll understand. Hmm. That, that works. Sense. Uh, our next email, uh, Justin is back with another question, and nice. you need to stop emailing in. You're on the show right now, Justin. You can ask me whatever you want. Uh, but Justin's asking a question about EAW. How do you think Dalla would lose? Uh, how do you think Dalla would lose the Eclipse? Given how it seems Dalla almost always loses the most powerful ship she has during any engagement with the New Republic. Also asked this because I just put Dal in charge of my fleet that has the Eclipse in it, and I'm just waiting for a random galaxy gun to spawn in front while I'm deploying it. How would she lose the Eclipse? I think she'd get it, like, stuck in a black hole or a gravity well or something. Like, she wouldn't understand. Like, she'd be trying to, like, reverse it out. She'd be like, she'd be like reverse the Eclipse, Terry! And, like, she'd, get, she'd, like, get it stuck on a lamp pole or something, and it would be, she'd pass the event horizon and somehow manage to, despite that fact, shoot a escape pod out with just her body in it and then she'll get elected the galactic leader so mm -hmm. i think dorsk 97 will just fling it into a sun or something <laughs> they keep it simple keep it traditional 
Yeah. Uh, then he asked, if EAW2 was announced, who would you want to develop it aside from Petroglyph? So Empire I don't really being the know last. enough about game studios. Yeah. I'd um, love to have like a Paradox style Star Wars yeah. game, but I don't know. But not what for that EAW. Yeah. That's like strategy. That's grand strategy. I want tactics. Yeah. Um, I don't really know. I don't know the other players in the game. Um, maybe like the the only other people I can think about would be like. Relic. Is that Microsoft Game Studios now? Like Age yeah, of Empires like, guys? Well, there's also like they make Homeworld and oh, they did yeah, Company yeah. of Heroes as well. That was Relic. So mm -hmm. all good games, all good strategy games. I'd honestly probably prefer like one of the there's lots of like smaller dev studios making like cool sci-fi games right now. Probably be better for one of them to handle it, to be yeah. honest, and open it up to modding. Uh, there are a few other questions about like Empire War directly. Uh, so if you want to ask those like mod questions on a more mod related thing, I won't subject all the other listeners who don't know what Thrawn's Revenge is to me discussing game mechanics. Uh, mm. But a final question that's very important to me is what do you as a person who has recently been forced to have facial hair feel is the most annoying part of facial hair? For me, it's smelling the food that you just ate on it the rest of the day <laughs> until you eat something else. Uh, I mean, I haven't had a, I haven't smelled anything that I've eaten on my hair. I think, I don't, I don't know if that's the hair itself, but maybe if there's like liquid or something in it, but soup can be harder to eat. Like if you get like for me with my mustache gets really long, it's like for one, it goes in my mouth. So like I can chew my mustache hairs, which can get really annoying. Um, yeah. Everything just gets so pokey and I don't like it and I just want it gone. It's all sharp. And just, I don't know. I don't. I I hate it. I want it gone. It's awful. I hate feeling it. I hate the like. I've got little abrasions on this side of my mouth because the hair is rubbing against it, mm -hmm. and just poke it. And I don't like. It's getting worse the longer it gets because everyone's saying, "Oh, it'll be itchy for a little bit." But I didn't have an itchy period. I just have a really coarse hairs, I guess, and they're stabbing my face. Don't like it. Want it gone. Way she goes. Way she goes. One more week. Unless it gets extended. Oh, no, we said we aren't doing that, right? No, we did. It's just uh, you disagreed with me on how that would add up. But <laughs> I mean, you mean I yelled at you, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you did. Don't stream. It was mean. Uh, yeah, next question from Joel, who asks about the High Republic. Do you think the High Republic could be considered this generation's Star Wars 2003 to 2005 multimedia project minus a movie? Although Acolyte might be the render the Sith for this particular series. Uh, not quite. Just because the minus the movie is a big thing. Where like the High Republic is built around the expanded universe material. At the end of the day, the 2003 to 2006 period, which I've been like kind of oddly nostalgic for recently. Um, maybe because I'm reading Shatterpoint, um, was based on the Clone Wars, like this massive thing that came from the movie, first of all, and the movie anchored it all. Um, and that alone gives it, like, I think a higher level of prestige. Like, the Xbox launched with a Clone Wars video game, which is mm -hmm. kind of crazy. Uh, or at least it was very near launch. Uh, and we saw, like, probably five games set in that era, and... Like, it's not quite up to that scale, in my opinion. But it's also not as small as something like Shadows of the Empire, in my opinion, or certainly not like The Force Unleashed, um, which were, were based on video games, but we're not nearly as kind of... We're not as relevant for as long. Yeah. 
I can see some definite parallels, but uh, I mm-hmm. think it, it might be somewhere between a uh, Clone Wars multimedia project and a New Jedi Order kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's like, yeah, you get the shows and everything, but you don't have the the movie starting and closing it that yeah, the multimedia project like, The movies had. are huge. The movies yeah. are the biggest thing that happens in Star Wars. And it's like not even close. It's like the movies are 10 times more popular than the most second most popular thing. Yeah. And like it does leave it a bit more free than the multimedia project would have been where like mm-hmm. that was entirely to bridge these two things. Whereas the High Republic is a lot more like the NJO where it is kind of free to do what it wants, though it, it is leading up to Acolyte. But um, that's coming later, and it's not two things that have to make sense without everything in the middle. Like, you have to be able to watch episode two and three without knowing what happens in the Clone Wars multimedia project materials, whether that's the show or the books. And, like, they help fill in some gaps, and uh, they're a lot of fun. But at the end of the day, there's only so much that can be impacted. Like, they're not going to kill Yoda off between episode two and three. They'll only do that to, like, I don't know, even Peel or something. Well, he yeah. got killed later on, but all the Jedi counselors had some interesting adventure. Yeah, um, I'm actually like, I'm not even sure how much the accolade is going to play into the other High Republic stuff. Yeah, it's like, the end of me, the period, I, but it's yeah, 150 years later, probably. For me, I feel like the only reason it's getting labeled as being in the High Republic is because it's technically like, I think they probably figured they wanted to set it 150 or whatever years, however many years it is before the original. It's not even that many. How, do you know how far it is before the original or the prequel trilogy? Uh, I think it's like 50 years. Yeah. So I think they probably sure. had a reason that they wanted to set it 50 years, probably because of some Sith stuff. And then it just so happened that someone was like, yeah, that's also during the High Republic era. But I'm not really convinced the High Republic books are really going to affect the show that much. Yeah. That's me being kind of cynical, but that's just kind of my what my experience has been. That's fair. Uh, we have questions from Austin. Oh, that's Shatterpoint. So that's for next week. In uh, our final email tonight, then comes from Joel, who says, how accessible is new canon to readers compared to Legends? Personally, I think at the very least, post or era is the hardest to get through since it feels that the Thrawn trilogy really is the only good jumping on point to not feel confused. I wonder if new canon has done a better job of having more jumping on points. Curious to hear your thoughts. Hmm. it's hard to say because there's been so much of the new canon that's just kind of been tie and stuff like a lot of the like there weren't that many original stories that came out before the the sequels were done like we got a couple we got like alphabet squadron i guess but like that's kind of a self-contained minor story but like when you're reading like bloodlines or like those are all labeled as like journey to whichever book whichever movie like aftermath was journey to the force awakens um or bloodline i think was journey to the last jedi so it's like and then allegiance or whatever the book was called or yeah whatever whatever the one before episode nine so i I don't know like i I think there's a lot more that's like you can as long as you kind of know the movies you'll be able to understand it pretty easily like there haven't been that many big trilogies that build off each other. Like there's the aftermath trilogy, but like if you don't read that, there's not going to be that much you don't understand in other books. Yeah, in in Legends, I think it it was kind of similar in terms of accessibility up until the Yuuzhan Vong War. Like New Jedi Order was kind of the mm-hmm. first thing where you had to know a good chunk of what happened before to understand 
who the people were. I think it's still like it all does a relatively good job of like setting up what's happened. It's more difficult to get into like Dark Nest and uh, Legacy of the Forest and stuff without having read NJO. But uh, like if you're looking at anything in the post and or period of Legends or Canon, a lot of it was kind of written simultaneously to not rely on each other. Um, like the Thrawn trilogy and X-Wing, while they have some events that are like built off of each other, the X-Wing books are before the Thrawn trilogy, but they were written afterwards to kind of explain stuff that had been said to have happened. So the Thrawn trilogy books weren't written with the understanding that like you needed to know what happens in X-Wing. The only exceptions mm-hmm. to that are like kind of the like direct sequels by the same author. Or like yeah. you should read the X-Wing books in order if you're going to read them. You should read the Thrawn, Hand of Thrawn duology after the Thrawn trilogy if you're going to read them. And like Timothy Zahn's books together. But in a lot of cases, the expanded universe is more a collection of individual authors' expanded universes. So when in new canon, we're still at like the first or second book that's being written by someone, aside from projects like High Republic, which have multiple people on board from the start, they aren't going to be super interreliant. They do kind of like fill in background information, but no matter which universe you're kind of going into, if you've seen the movies, you generally have all the onboarding information available to you. Yeah, because they're always playing that game where, like, for one, Star Wars had a leak problem lately, um, especially with episode nine and seven. So it's like they've been really cautious about not getting stuff out to authors beforehand, which is kind of unfortunate because, like, we saw that the episode nine books that come before don't really pay off, like, a, a whole lot. Um, mm-hmm. like there, there is stuff, but uh, that's kind of a weakness. But on the other hand, it's like, even if like that wasn't the case, they're never going to make the vast majority of people have an excuse not to go to a Star Wars movie. They're never going to make people feel like I would go to this movie, but I didn't read the books, or like I feel like I'm not going to understand because the vast majority of people just don't give a shit. Yeah. So it's like they're always kind of on a careful tight tightrope. Where like the books distant second in terms of like profitability and like the time they spend and and investment and stuff. So yeah. Yeah, like that's why we're never gonna get the film adaptation of Dark Nest. That's why. Yeah, one reason. Mm-hmm. They don't they also don't have the the CGI budget for that many bug orgies. Yeah, or those big stick ships or whatever. Yeah. Nest ships. All right. Well, uh, any closing thoughts for you as we head nope. off to do Birio card in 20 minutes? No, Shatterpoint is good. I've been enjoying it. So hopefully you guys will read it and join with us. Um, uh, that's that's another Swarm War reference right there. Was it? Joiners, join with us. Oh. Fuck's sake. You say you no, hate I, it, but it's your favorite. It's clearly I, your favorite. I don't book. hate it. I don't hate it. I just it's it's a little goofy, but uh, well, yeah. You make sure that you maintain that line of thought when Troy Denning is our guest for the entire Darkness trilogy. Okay. All right. Thanks for watching, everyone. Thanks for listening. Remember to leave a review with the keyword gelatin. Uh, what is it? What did you say? Gelatin. Let's do it. Let's do a Darkness keyword. Um. Well, I was pulling that uh, from Darkness. Just gel. G-E-L. How about just just bugs? Fine. We'll go with the obvious one. If you want gelatin, that's fine. Okay. No, leave a review with bugs and also call Justin Mean in it.
Okay. It bugs me how mean Justin is. There you go. Well, all right. Here your card on X2 in 20 minutes.